Hello, everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode, I guess, of the House Divided podcast. Uh, we are here, and it is finally hockey season. Time to do season previews for Michigan, Michigan State, and the rest of the Big Ten. Jeremy, are you excited? Oh, man. This is, uh, this is the best time of the year. I mean, uh, I like to eye roll at the NHL fans that tell me it was hockey season uh, on Wednesday when the season started because I joke that I've been watching junior hockey for three weeks now uh, but this is the real hockey season to me this is the one that uh, is the most fun is getting college hockey games going and uh, you know I was in the arena yesterday uh, watching the interest squad scrimmage for MSU so uh, just walking back in that place and uh, having actual uh, D1 players on the ice instead of some scrubs was uh, pretty exciting yeah yeah it is uh very exciting. Next, we have some exhibitions this weekend as of the date we're recording. Um, and then the weekend of the uh, the 11th and the 12th is when some real games get underway. Michigan with a home series against Clarkson. And who who is Michigan State play? I've actually got to pull the schedule here. I believe they open up against uh, Northern Michigan. But uh, let me double check that here. Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, you know me, I take it one, one week at a time. We're focused on Western Ontario. You know, that's <laughs> the important game. Uh, of course, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, we, we do open the season uh, with Northern Michigan on the road in Marquette. Um, and then uh, it's, we have kind of a weird start to the year. Uh, actually, no home games in October. They go Holy at God, Northern yeah. Michigan. Uh, they have the exhibition against the U.S. under-18 team, which will be at home. That's early, uh, Then they go to – yeah, they, it's pretty early this year. It is. Uh, must be one of the early games on their college tour that they do. Uh, then we go uh, to Colorado Springs uh, to play Colorado College. And then the first home series is the return uh, home series with Cornell, who the Spartans actually swept Cornell last year, which was probably their best wins uh, since Dan Colson, the coach. So – um, yeah, it's a pretty good start to the season. They get a chance with, uh, uh, you know, playing three different conferences early in the year and uh, some good tests to kind of see where they're at because Northern's a pretty good team and uh, so is Colorado College and Cornell. Yep. And uh, with that, we are going to get into a real season preview of this. This will be fun. We're going to start with Michigan, um, who is coming off, I'm not going to call it a disappointing year, but a lot of people expected a little bit more after a frozen four in Mel's first year. Um, so we'll, we'll, before I get into the actual specifics, I just want to raise an interesting point. I was reading College Hockey News today, kind of in preparation for this, and their predictions for finishing the Big Ten it was Michigan 6, Michigan State 7, which kind of shocked me because that is just not how I view it, uh, at least like – it is kind of a crapshoot, but that felt very set in stone. Um, but, yeah, interesting Interesting that that's the way kind of people outside of the Big Ten are seeing it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be really close. Uh, and we were talking before we recorded, uh, you know, I, I think there's probably five or six teams I could say would finish last and it wouldn't shock me. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – it might not work out that way, uh, the way that Josh Reno over at CHN kind of wrote about uh, in their and their poll as well over at CHN. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one for uh, the state here to see if we can uh, come up against the other Big Ten programs. Yeah, and with that, we will get into Michigan. We're going to start with the forwards. Um, going to get in with the major losses that they hit uh, took, which are going to be Josh Norris and Brendan Warren. Up on the forward lines, uh, Warren graduated, and Josh Norris, I believe, is up with the Senators now. Um, so you're looking at uh, some senior leadership of Nick Pastyov, Will Lockwood, and Jake Slaker, who, you know, when Lockwood started out, and this kind of similarly with Slaker, I didn't see them having a senior year, but uh, just injuries and some below expectation seasons have led to it, but Really happy to have those guys back. I'm assuming that it'll be uh, Slaker centering that top line for Michigan. Yeah, and Will Lockwood, you know, it was, it was a tough break last year. Um, 
you know, I, I think it was a shoulder injury that he went down with or uh, something like that. And he, he's been an excellent player. He's one of the strongest skaters in the league. One, some guy, somebody that I really like to keep an eye on um, just to watch his, his speed and uh, the way he can just separate himself from uh, defenders. So uh, certainly going to be a, a good, uh, good front line and, and players to watch. Yep, and uh, just to get into kind of some of the other supporting cast because, you know, that top line, I, I don't know if it's exactly going to be Lockwood, Slaker, and Pastyov, but the top line is going to produce. Maybe not up to the standards of some of the more famous recent Michigan top lines like the Calderon line uh, or the uh, the Connor, Mott, and uh, – oh, man, it's escaping me. It was CCM. Comfer, of course. I don't know how I forgot that, yep. but but I, I still think the top line is going to be very productive. I think the, a lot of the importance offensively for Michigan is going to come with that middle six with the supporting cast. So just to kind of give you guys a heads up of who players like that you're going to want to see make a difference are is Jack Becker. He's back as a junior, and I think he, I believe he's a center. Uh, it only lists them as forwards on CHN, but he. Uh, can be very productive. He's a tougher guy. Luke Morgan, Jimmy Lambert, guys like that. You're going to uh, – Michael Pastioff, actually, the brother of Nick. Uh, Dakota Raby, those are the guys that really, if they can be productive and get some even strength goals, might make a huge difference in the long run for Michigan. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be what make or breaks the season is can they find some depth scoring – that was a big concern last year was just uh, getting some of that consistent scoring. Uh, you know, they have a lot of options, a lot of people to play through a uh, pretty big roster that Mel has uh, put together in Ann Arbor. Um, but it just, you know, the, the issue has been that they haven't, uh, at least last season, they just didn't build anything past that first line. So uh, that'll be uh, the test for them this year. Yep, it definitely will be uh, really critical for them to get some goals past those first-line minutes. Um, now to let all of you know who may have been following the last couple of years, some new faces uh, in the Michigan forwards. Um, the biggest one you're going to want to look at is Johnny Beecher. He is a freshman coming in off of the uh, U.S. NTDP, uh, he was a late first-round pick in last year's NHL draft of the Boston Bruins, unfortunately, um, and really impressed a lot of people at Bruins Development Camp this year. It'll be really interesting to see how much of an immediate impact he can have because he has quite an impressive resume. Um, other faces to kind of look out for are, uh, oh, man, I hope I get these names right. Eric uh, Ciciloni, or Ciciloni, Alini, rather, and uh, Nick Granowich, or Grano, yeah, I'm not even going to try, actually. Um, <laughs> Eric is a 2001 birthday freshman who is coming off of having about a point-per-game season in uh, the uh, over in juniors in Canada, not like the – main OHL or anything obviously because he wouldn't be eligible but uh over in Canada and then um Nick Granowich I think is how we're gonna say it is actually a 1998 birthday so he's a bit on the older side for a freshman obviously with some of that uh type recruiting going on in college hockey for those of you who aren't familiar you can kind of just push off people kids coming onto campus uh, and they can play in junior leagues where they don't get paid and then come over and I believe he was in the let, let me uh confirm yeah he was in the BCHL last year and was also around yep. a point per game player so uh the Johnny Beecher is the one who you guys are going to want to watch out for making an immediate impact but I wouldn't discount the other guys either yeah, yeah, I think uh, the BCHL, just to kind of give people a quick little rundown on, like, the Canadian uh, junior system, the BC is probably uh, – right now, they're probably the best junior league up there. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty impressive staff for Nick Greenwich uh, to go up there. Um, the the OJ, where uh, uh, where Eric Cicilloni comes from, a little bit lower. Um, so I think he's going to probably have a bigger adjustment – uh, to the college game 
uh, he might have to kind of work a little bit out on the lower levels or, or lower lines, get a little bit more of a grind to his game. Um, just being that the OJ is going to be a pretty big step up to go from, uh, you don't actually see a lot of times players go OJ straight to uh, straight to a high level D one program. Um, so that shows you that, uh, that Mel must see something in him that they don't want him to, uh, to spend another year in junior, maybe at a, a little more of an advanced league, uh, stepping up to, you know, the USHL or anything like that. So, uh, so he must have something that they like uh, in him coming down as a as a 2001. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's definitely some depth scoring there could come from the freshman. Yep, and then um, just a uh, another new face that we're gonna see, and this will be about the last for the forwards until we talk about the general feelings of the team. Um, but Jacob Hayhurst is a, actually a grad transfer over from RPI, and uh, he he had put together some pretty decent outings over there. So look for him to potentially make a second or third line impact as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you can see that Mel uh, is really just, he's willing to try anything right now to get some depth in there. So, uh, you know, going RPI to Michigan doesn't uh, happen often, but it's, it's nice to get some veteran leadership. uh, Someone who's been through it before, been through a college grind, uh, to come over, and he uh, he's definitely been a pretty consistent point scorer, uh, at least 20 points every season over at RPI. So uh, could definitely be, uh, again, some more depth on the team, which is what they need. Yep, and that pretty much wraps it up for the forwards. Um, he, you're really hoping, we've, we've already talked about it, but the main thing is that top line is probably going to be fine. Look, if Lockwood can stay healthy, he's probably going to have a huge year. Same with Slaker. Um, it's just you got to get some of that depth scoring. Now to move on to the defense for Michigan, you have two pretty huge losses, uh, losing Joe Ciccone and Quinn Hughes, who is the number seven pick in the 2018 NHL draft. He's going to spend his year up in Vancouver for the Canucks. Um, And hope you try and offset that by bringing in Cam York, who's another highly regarded. He was a top 15 pick in this year's NHL draft to Philadelphia um, from the USMTDP, uh, but obviously losing Hughes, who was one of the best players in all of college hockey last year, is uh, going to have a pretty big effect on this team. Yeah, I mean, Cam is going to be a, an excellent player to come in. Uh, he's going to remind people of, of Quinn a little bit. He's a good, strong skater. Um, definitely, uh, maybe not as smooth as, as Quinn, but that's not to be a knock on Cam's Quinn's just one of the most smooth skaters I've ever seen at the blue line uh, at the age that he did it. So uh, a, a strong player with a, you know, he's played in the best competition in the world and, you know, in the USA team program, he did his U17 there. Uh, so he's got the pedigree to, to come in and make a difference right away. And Michigan's had a good track record with their freshman defense uh, living up to the hype. You know, when you think of Wierenski and Hughes and, and now York, I think, uh, you know, he's definitely going to fall right into that. Yeah. And uh, also on that, in that uh, defensive group, returning as a senior, you have uh, Luke Martin, who's going to be a captain. Um, and then you have also another senior, Griffin Luce, who's never – really done anything too special, but he's definitely a big physical defenseman that you can line up against uh, a smaller forward line. And then just a bunch of guys, really. I mean, you have Jack Summers, you bring in Shane Switzer from uh, Boston University where he didn't really do much. Uh, Keaton Pearson, you bring in over from – uh, or well, he was just in the USHL last year. Actually, scored half a point per game over there as a defenseman. So maybe you'll get some offensive contributions from him. He's another one of those freshmen who is uh, about to turn 21. He's a 98 birthday as well. Uh, but yeah, I you have Cam York, and then really it's just hoping that those guys are going to be strong defensively. But I don't see outside of York how much offensive. Uh, production you're going to get with this decor yeah I don't think you're going to see a lot of points uh coming off the blue line I think Luke Martin is probably going to be the strongest uh player from a defensive standpoint yep. uh he's also plays with a lot of sandpaper to his game he's a pretty uh pretty edgy player but in a good way like I think he he walks that fine line pretty well so 
you know, he's going to probably be the heartbeat of that, that blue line back there. Um, but I think uh, successful on the blue line probably is going to be based on how quickly can Cam York uh, really come out and make a difference. And um, just getting your opinion on this, uh, you, you think Cam York comes in and he's immediately the quarterback on power play number one? That's uh, just... It feels like that's got to kind of be the case. I don't know if Mel has any uh, you know, concerns about doing that. Um, so unless Mel's got some rule where he really doesn't want to do that, I, I don't see any way that you don't put him on uh, to, to just be the point man. Um, he's by far probably the one with the best skill set to do so. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. He uh, definitely has – not to just immediately dub him Quinn Hughes light, but just a very similar type of game. Uh, and uh, hopefully he can – go in and immediately contribute to that top quarter or top power play unit. If, if not, he'll probably start on, on the second one and then be given every opportunity to work his way up. Uh, which, which brings us to goaltending uh, for Michigan, which has been their, I, I wouldn't call it an Achilles heel because it's not like they've been some superpower who has just been only kept back by goaltending. That would be Penn state. But um the goaltending just hasn't been consistent and you're bringing back Hayden Levine and Strauss man and uh man takes the freshman to sophomore leap I really think they're hoping for him to to make that leap in his play as well and just rip that number one spot not out of Hayden Levine's hands because they were splitting it pretty evenly last year but hopefully just go and grab it and take it and hopefully get a strong goaltending season because you really haven't had one in Ann Arbor in years. Yeah, th- this is for sure the weakness on the team. Uh, Hayden actually, I thought, had a pretty good uh, season last year relative to where I thought he was as a player. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's an NHL goalkeeper on the roster right now. Um, and that is the one kind of concerning thing. And I think it's just, it's, I'm trying to think of like a corollary, I guess just to, to help people who are maybe new to the college hockey, but trying it out. Cause they like our podcast. Let's say that Michigan goalies are like less miles trying to get a QB. Um, it, it tends to be the one spot that they should have no problem recruiting. Cause it's uh, one of the best programs in college hockey, uh, uh, really without a doubt but they just have not had success at bringing in a goalie. And even uh, the last goalie that really went on a run at U of M and, and uh, was pretty popular was a former walk-on. So uh, yeah, you haven't had a, that NHL caliber goalie in a, in, in a long time up in Ann Arbor. So uh, it, it's for sure something to watch this year. If Strauss can take that big jump, because if he, if he can't, I don't know if the ceiling really goes very high for this team. Yep, and and I think that is a major major component, which leads us to the general general feelings of this team, um, and, and I really have three things here. One, you got to figure out your special teams, and that was a thing back for Mel when he was at Michigan Tech. You know, they their five on five Corsi would just be ridiculous, top ten in the nation almost year to year, but they obviously weren't a top ten team in the nation. Um, and, and a lot of that stems from special teams. It stems from making mistakes that get you on the kill too many times. And, uh, it, and it just leads to not converting enough power play chances. Um, I cannot remember for the life of me who it was against I, last year. I want to say Wisconsin. But there is a game where it's within a goal and you just need anything and they had four or five power plays in a row and could not do anything with it. And you really just can't have a situation like that this year. I, I think if you can get a breakthrough on special teams, you'll end up with a pretty good team. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that uh, uh, for any team, that's going to be a key. Uh, discipline, sort of, they certainly struggled with last year. Uh, and, you know, it, it – it really hampered the season. So I think that's going to be a crucial part of this season is, is getting that under control. Yep. And uh, the second thing, it's not even a key. It's just 
how do you recover from losing Quinn Hughes? Because it might have not showed up on the stat sheet that he was a top two, top three player in college hockey, but you just watched him. And other than the occasional breakdown, like against Penn State in the game at the Garden last year, or just other items like that, he was very consistently elite on that uh, on the blue line. Maybe not as much defensively, but he was always contributing to the rush, always doing very good things. And uh, losing him is not easy. And how does Michigan react to that on the blue line? Do they kind of all pull it together? Uh, or is it another – is it somebody else taking that step to not become a Quinn Hughes player, but uh, to, to kind of make up for that loss? And then uh, the uh, third one is just take advantage of a crazy Big Ten because uh, it, it is going – we're going to get to that in our last segment. But it is going to be a crazy Big Ten this year. And it actually – it starts in November. Michigan opens up Big Ten play on the road against Ohio State. And other than a couple games or series – throughout the year that are non-conference it's just going to be a sprint to to the end of February and it's going to be a crazy big 10 this year and you maybe try and take advantage of that yeah absolutely I think uh, uh, the big 10 is probably the most hard to predict uh, league this year um, and it's not that there's not a ton of talent there it's just that the talent is uh, all pretty even uh, across teams so I think it's going to be a, a fun season uh, all the way down. Yep, I agree completely. And uh, do you have any last thoughts on Michigan before we head into state? Uh, you know, I think, yeah, I, I just can't stress enough. I think the the goalie situation is going to be what defines the season. Um, you know, I, playing in 7-6 shootout games is just not sustainable. They're going to have to get – somebody to you know get a goal against in the two and a half to three range and you know get a night at least get over the 90 percent mark on their save percentage uh which is bare minimum so uh that that's going to be the, the thing to watch and that's going to probably be you know that i don't think that will make their season and make them like a contender but i think it will be uh the reason that they maybe aren't a contender so that's yeah. going to be kind of the uh the situation to keep an eye on Yep, and I completely agree with you. That and uh, and that depth scoring we kept harp- harping on. Um, now time to get into MSU. You were at the uh, green and white scrimmage, uh, so I'm sure you have lots of thoughts going into this year. Uh, my biggest question is you lose, Ter- you lose Tero Hirose, uh, who's, who's coming up in that top line to replace him? So uh, my, my prediction uh, kind of was bore out. Um, I figured it was going to be one of the freshmen between Josh Nobler uh, or uh, Nico Mueller. And it, right now uh, it's been Nico Mueller skating on the first line, uh, which makes sense because Josh Nobler, they're trying to use him at center. Uh, but on that top line, Patrick Kodorenko is going to be the one center. So uh, to keep Nobler in the center position, they're going to slide Nico Mueller over. Um, not a lot known about Nico as far as, you know, uh, he was a late commit to the class, uh, kind of a surprise commit that no one really saw. Reason being is he was playing over in Switzerland. Um, so uh, just kind of a nice poll. Uh, he has played uh, some North American hockey in a way uh, in representing Switzerland at the World Junior Championships a couple seasons. Um, so, you know, we have seen him uh, in action against like the – and TDP players and the U20 uh, American kids. So he, I think it's going to be hard to know how he adjusts. Uh, he played in, he actually played in Sweden last year uh, in their junior league and was uh, pretty, pretty much a point of player or a point of game player, which uh, over in the Swedish league, it's not super high scoring. So that's uh, pretty good to see, um, you know, a young person do that over in those, that league. Uh, but yeah, so he's going to be the, uh, the big question mark on the replacing the KHL line, uh, is, is filling in for Taro is, is going to, we're going to start with a freshman and see if that can, uh, can work and, and see where that goes. Um, I th- it would be crucial to do that because the second line really started to come together last year. 
So you would hate to see uh, in a in a move to try and replace Tyrell Hirose also be disturbing another line and just kind of that domino effect. So if, if one of those two freshmen can really take take that line uh, or take that spot on the line, I think that would help uh, keep line fluidity throughout. Yeah. Yeah, it would. And, uh, it, you know, and that was one of the players I was actually planning on asking about on the forwards is uh, Josh, Josh Nodler. Um, he is actually a draft pick this year uh, by Cal- Calgary in the fifth round. Um, yeah. Yeah, what's the, what's the report on him? I see. All I see is the five eleven one ninety one. 191. Uh, what, what type of, what type of play does he kind of use or do you even know going into his freshman season? Yeah, no, he's, he's been a kid that we've had an eye on for a long time. He's actually been a commit long enough that he committed when Tom and Astis was still head coach. Um, you know, pretty well regarded, uh, spent some time in the U S national program, uh, but didn't quite make the cut to, uh, to stay for a U full U 17 or your full U 18 year. Um, so he was just kind of one of those tweeners that was, uh, you know, caught there, but he only played one full season in the USHL and, uh, he is a high school grad. So when we say accelerating hockey, doesn't always mean that they graduated high school early the way that, you know, maybe when you accelerate in football or, uh, basketball to report a year early, but he accelerated in the fact that he, uh, came right as soon as he graduated high school. And I know Dan Cole made a point of talking about, um, I think this is his first recruit that's even done that yet. Uh, so it speaks to how much they see talent in him and think he can adjust to the college game right away. Um, and he's already said that he'll get second line power play minutes and, and everything like that. And, uh, you know, trusting a uh, freshman to be a center for you and be on that power play unit is, uh, says a lot. Um, so I think, uh, he, He's definitely not going to be uh, one of the highest scoring players. He's just going to be a consistent guy. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Taro in that I think he's more of a playmaker than he is a, a goal scorer. But unlike Taro, I think he can uh, make his own plays uh, and set himself up to a little bit more in a way, like a, kind of like a Patrick Kodarenko in a way. So I think the ceiling's pretty high for him. Uh, he's going to have an adjustment. He only got one year in the USHL. So he may have a little bit of a long adjustment, but I think uh, after Christmas, you should start to see the light turn on a little bit and uh, he can probably be up on the second line. All right. Uh, any other forwards you'd like to dive into before we get to the defense? Uh, I think the rest of the forwards, um, there's not a huge jump out in, in terms of scoring. I think you're going to, once again, I think it's going to come down to uh, Mitchell Lewandowski and Patrick Kodorenko to do the the bulk of the uh, scoring for this team. But I wouldn't really undersell that second line. I think, uh, you know, it's a second line that uh, consisted of like Sam Saliba uh, playing with, I think uh, a lot of times they had Adam Goodser up on that line, uh, also with Logan Lambden. And that was a line that started to really kind of gel towards the end of last year. Um, Saliba and Lambden, I want to say at this point, have played together on a line for about three years now. Uh, so there should be a lot of chemistry there. Um, they're also a really good line to put out to, to be your shutdown defensive line. Uh, so the first two lines, I think, are going to be pretty solid. Uh, but just like Michigan, the, the issue is going to be finding that depth scoring and not having too much of a drop-off when you roll your third and fourth line out there. Uh, so they're going to need players like Woj Stokowiak, uh, Brody Stevens and uh, you know guys like Tommy Apap to kind of take a step and maybe add a little offense to their game uh, to go with a pretty good foundation of playing solid defense. Yeah, and uh, oh, that's a really good summation, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, on to the defense. So, just just to preface this with, I didn't pay a ton of attention to Michigan State last year. I was just more uh, following college hockey as a, in a Michigan perspective. And then when we played Michigan State, I obviously knew what those games gave me. Um, so I was doing a little bit of research and saw that there, uh, it looks like they have two brothers on the defensive end who were both draft picks in the seventh round last year. 
uh, were freshmen last yep. year going into their sophomore year. So that was my main question is uh, – how was there, How did their freshman year go, and what what is the development looking like? Or so so they're so they're actually uh, it's Christian and Cole Krieger, so they're actually twins. Um, so yeah, so twins, and I think they were drafted uh, something like four or five picks apart. It wasn't very far apart to where they went. Um, yeah, they uh, they are not fun to play against. Uh, even at the green and white scrimmage yesterday. Uh, they both almost got in a fight with uh, their teammates. So they are, they're ornery. They are some tough kids. Uh, their brother Brock actually played at MSU uh, and, uh, you know, under the, uh, the Anastas era and their, uh, their dad uh, used to coach the Michigan Lumberjacks for a long time. Um, last I knew, I think he was at Western Michigan as an assistant coach. Uh, and I think Todd Krieger is still there, but he's one of the, you know, he's been known as a great junior coach and, and everything. But, yeah, Cole and Christian are not fun to play against. They are psychos in the best way. Uh, the defense, I think, is going to be something that's going to be a strong suit for them this year. Um, a lot of the defensemen they had last year, uh, the three three of their best defensemen last year were freshmen, which isn't ideal. But I think this year that means that they're going to really take a step forward. Cole and Christian, uh, both, from what we're hearing, had really good summers. Uh, they went to the NHL development camps, uh, and I believe it was Christian who uh, was in the running to make the U.S. Uh, World Junior team, but but did eventually get cut. Um, and then they have, you know, Dennis Asano was a freshman last year, and he's back. Uh, he played uh, his junior hockey uh, with the Brooks Bandits, and actually his defensive partner was Kale McCarr, who some people who follow the NHL may know was a was a top five NHL draft pick and. Uh, had a great season with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, a great run in the playoffs last year when he signed out of UMass. So those three are kind of where you start on defense. And then they have Tommy Miller, who is probably uh, one of the most underrated players in college hockey. He's just such a steady defenseman. Uh, he's kind of that steady force uh, back on the blue line. And uh, and they have one more psycho on the team, which is Gutras Kafari, who also almost started a fight yesterday. So uh, they, they're going to be ornery. They are, like I said, they are not going to be a fun unit to play against. Um, the thing is that the, the you know, Krieger brothers and Gutras Kafari can spend a little bit too much time in the box, so they got to get that under control uh, to to get the uh, you know the penalty kill uh, a break. But if they can uh, find some discipline and get you know get their feet under them a little bit. I think this defensive unit uh, really might take a big step forward um, by far, you know, better than what it was uh, under Tom and Ashton. So I think this, this blue line is probably the best blue line they've had in a while. Yeah. And that is great news for MSU and get ready for a great transition here. It is great news for Drew DeRitter. Uh, did I get that right? Is it? Drew? Yes, you okay. did. Yes. Drew DeRitter, the uh, Michigan State goalie who had a very exciting freshman year last year. Um, I know consistency was an issue, as it can be for a freshman goaltender uh, in college hockey, but uh, really promising first year, a lot to build on going into sophomore season. Yeah, the the goaltending matchup will be interesting. Um, You know, I feel so – John Leffman, who is the senior goaltender and back, uh, his sophomore year, uh, on the very first night of the season, Ed Minnie was the senior. He started against Bowling Green and gave up four goals in the first period. Uh, John Leffman took over and never looked back. I don't think that will happen to John, but I think we're in a similar situation where uh, I think John will probably be given the first game. Uh, but Drew has every capability of, of winning a battle. I think for the beginning of the season, you'll probably see them settle into a Friday night, Saturday night rotation. And after the first few weeks, you'll see kind of like a quarterback competition in football, who's going to be the guy to kind of take the net. Uh, And I think if we're really talking about where MSU's ceiling is, if you want to, you know, John has been a great player in the system and everything, but if MSU is going to, far exceed their expectations is probably going to be because Drew DeRitter wins the job uh, just because I think his ceiling is higher. Uh, he was also in the U.S. camp as one of the goalies to possibly make it to the World Juniors. Uh, of course, did get cut and is not going to be at World Juniors, but 
if if MSU far exceeds their expectations this year, it's it's probably going to come down to Drew DeRitter taking a big step and uh, and making a huge adjustment in his sophomore year. Yeah, I completely agree. I just uh, there I have several memories because I believe he played in one of the Michigan Michigan State games at uh, at Mon, and I where I think State won. Um, either in overtime or went, or maybe a shootout or something. Um, or I think he played really well. And he also, I think, played at the uh, duel at the D that I was at and also played really well. So he, he definitely caught my eye. Um, getting to the uh, general feelings of this MSU team, is this the year that they climb out of the basement of the Big Ten? So I thought that was last year, <laughs> and, uh, and it didn't quite happen. But I, I do think so. I think that blue line uh, gels together. I think uh, there's enough in the sophomore class. There's enough uh, of people taking a step, and I think there's more impact freshmen. There's only three freshmen on the team um, this season, but I think they're all going to have an impact. So, uh, yeah, I think I think if you have the sophomore jump for DeRitter, the Krieger twins, uh, Dennis Asana, this is uh, certainly a team capable of, you know, maybe getting itself uh, out of the basement. But I think a successful season, because uh, people have asked me what a successful season is, if they can host a playoff series, which means finishing second, third, or fourth in the league, that's probably a really successful year. Um, so that should be – that's kind of like where I'm targeting, like a, a goal of like being really happy uh, with the outcome. But I think at minimum, uh, yeah, I think they need to – show a little bit of progress and and get out of that last place position. All right. And there is your Michigan and Michigan State extensive hockey previews. Um, it, I really think it's, it has the potential to be a fun year for both teams. Um, definitely it's going to be an emotional roller coaster in both towns. Uh, time to get to the Big Ten. And I referenced earlier how uh, crazy this conference has the potential to be. Um, and I think people are going to really get into that as we go from team to team. We're going to go alphabetically, um, starting with Minnesota. So Minnesota had lost a lot of production last year, but they also offset that by bringing in the largest freshman class in the Big Ten. I think it was like 10 or 11 kids. And then uh, you also bring in – Michigan fans may be familiar with this name, Jack LaFontaine, who was a goalie at Michigan who went back to junior and now is going back to Minnesota to compete for that starting position. They're going to be young and skilled, but it, how much is that youth going to hurt them? Because that is a lot of freshmen to bring in onto one team. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of freshmen, but I, just like uh, it is going to become a theme as we kind of go through each of these teams, uh, the Big Ten freshmen tend to be uh, impact freshmen. So I think um, they will be able to adjust quickly. I don't think Minnesota, uh, by you know, I won't pick them to win the league. I don't think that's the case. They also suffer uh, a little bit like Michigan has, where I just every year I'm not in love with the goaltending that they find. Um, you know, so I think that's going to be a thing. Uh, but they also have who I probably consider uh, outside of, you know, and I may even say with my love affection of Dan Cole, uh, they may have the best coach in the league in Bob Motzko, and it's going to be his second season uh, at the helm in uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So it's going to be interesting to see where they, you know, what type of a, a step they take in a second year under a, a coach in that program. But, yeah, I think, I think the talent's going to be good freshman talent, but not quite enough to, you know, win them in the league. Yeah, yeah, it'll be they're they're gonna they're actually my uh, them in Wisconsin are my two teams that I'm gonna be just tr digging in to watch whenever they're on TV because I just think they're gonna be so interesting. Uh, the next one we'll yeah. get on get into is Notre Dame, and uh, how is Kale Morris still allowed to play for them? Because it <laughs> feels like he's been just stonewalling everybody in the Big Ten for as far as I can remember. I know it's only been three years, but Lord almighty, that well, kid is so good at playing goalie. And, yeah, he's going into his senior year there. Yeah. Well, they trick you, too, because the goaltender before him was named Cal. You just add one letter on, and there you got it. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, 
you know, again, we've been trying. I've been trying to do some like football to hockey comparisons. Uh, Notre Dame is going to be like the Mark D'Antonio of the Big Ten. Uh, their coach is a very defensive-minded coach, and actually an MSU uh, MSU grad as well. And Jeff Jackson, they want to play two-one games all season. That's the goal. Um, so pisses me off so much. <laughs> it's a very boring, and you know, the thing that makes it more frustrating is that they have all this talent. They have a lot of NHL draft picks. They have really talented kids, but they want to win two-one-three-two. That's the game they want to play. Uh, and it, in their defense, it has worked for them. They've been very successful under Jeff Jackson, uh, but uh, it is not going to be the high-flying uh, style. So if you're uh, looking for a fun neutral game to kind of test out college hockey, maybe don't do Notre Dame on NBCSN. Wait for a different team because, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be them, and I think there's no reason to think with, uh, with Gail Morris back, there's no reason to think that they won't be that again. Yep, and uh, that brings us in to uh, what is probably the favorite in the league, if you had to pick one, uh, Ohio State, which is so annoying. But uh, Alec Lezinski weird to say. Back. Uh, Alec is back, and he is an electric player uh, forward, and the defense is going to be strong. So that's what we know about him, and I, I really can't find a reason for them not to win the Big Ten this year. Yeah, they're also my pick to win the league, uh, so we definitely are in agreement there. Um, yeah, great season last year. They, they've been kind of slowly building uh, towards where they're getting, which is a team that, uh, you know, is is making the NCAA tournament, pushing to be in the Frozen Four, and, and they just haven't taken that next step to where they can really compete maybe for the national title at that level yet. Um, but, you know, they're kind of right right below that level. So, uh, it's been a slow build and a slow process. Um, I will say I do, I do think that uh, they return a lot of good talent, but I think they lost some really good depth talent. Uh, Dakota Joshua was someone that I think made a huge difference for them, uh, kind of underrated last season. Uh, I watched him a little close, of course, because his brother is one of the freshmen at MSU now, um, so I had a little extra interest in, in watching Dakota. Uh, but, yeah, I think they there's no reason to think that they won't win the league or be kind of the favorite to win the league it's going to come down to can they win points off of Notre Dame uh will they find scoring you know will Tanner Lazinski score as much uh with Mason Yopst gone uh you know but they were pretty consistent they had seven guys uh score 20 points so uh they they definitely feel like a consistent team that can come back and do it again yep I I completely agree with you um, that brings us to Penn State, who, you know, they return Evan Barrett, which I think is huge, among other goal scorers. They are going, if you are new into college hockey, watch a Penn State game because they're going to yeah. score a lot and they're probably going to get scored on more. It, it is, uh, it, it is one, it's hockey on cocaine in, ha- in Hockey Valley. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're, they're a talented Indiana football, like they're team chaos, but they're talented yes. and they actually win their games. Uh, yeah. They, they, uh, they have the reputation of always padding their shooting stats. They shoot everything at the net. Uh, you're going to get into big high scoring games with them. Uh, you'll, you'll watch a game and it's three, three after the first period. Uh, they, they definitely are a team uh, with a great atmosphere at their home rink as well. So I absolutely agree. If you're new to college hockey and you, uh, you're someone who maybe when you watch college football, you're, you love that kind of high flying offense, uh, want to see some cool offensive sets and things like that. Penn state is, uh, absolutely the team to keep an eye on. Yep. And that brings us to our last team who I already talked about, who I think is going to be super interesting which is Wisconsin. Um, Cole Caulfield, Alex Turcotte, they get Keandre Miller back. That power play is going to be nasty. Um, They they are going to be very talented, and I think they're going to be such a fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, their their big issue has been uh, consistent team defense. But this year, they might just have enough offense to just say it doesn't matter. Uh, they are going to score. Um, probably bring in 
what I would consider the top freshman class in college hockey. Uh, some excellent, excellent players. Uh, they may only get one year in college, but they definitely are going to be uh, a huge part of the Big Ten this season. So enjoy them while they're here. Uh, I know I'll be watching Wisconsin a little bit closer as uh, the Los Angeles kids did take Alex Turcott. So I hate I'm going to keep an that. eye on that a little bit more. And, uh, you know, as a non-Wisconsin hockey fan, I would be okay with the Kings just signing him at Christmas break. That's fine by me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it is going to be a fun team and, and they're going to be, a, I think, a, a really hard team to kind of predict that their freshmen are talented enough that they should really challenge to win the league. But, you know, relying on freshmen to that extent against an experienced team like an Ohio State or Notre Dame could mean that they really don't even challenge for the league. So I think they're going to be the the team uh, that's hardest to predict, but they may have the highest ceiling uh, across the whole week. So yep. if those freshmen click, they, I mean, look out. That is going to be a fun team. Yeah, I I am I was in love with Alex Turcotte as a prospect, and my my dream was him falling to the Detroit Red Wings. So not only did you steal him, but I also have to deal with at least a year of him playing in the conference. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough. I do like who the Wings got though. I'm I'm a big Mo Sider fan, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's uh. Him sliding down the draft was, uh, I know, like, as a as a Kings fan reading the draft recap that they, you know, most places said they scored really well. It was kind of like the Red Wings uh, 2018 draft where you say, like, they scored really well, but it wasn't by anything else. It was just that people let all those talented players keep falling to them. So hey, uh, it kind of felt like that again <laughs> where everything just worked out. The people in front of them made mistakes, and they got the best player every time. So – uh, so yeah, two two drafts for me back to back. Where you know, as a as a Wings and Kings fan, I get to come out of the draft feeling pretty excited. Yep, and uh, that's all. That's the Big Ten. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be messy. Um, we're gonna do some really useless conference predictions. Um, I, I'll I'll take the lead on this one. I'll go first. Um, I feel horrible doing this. But I think seventh place is gonna be Michigan State again, and. I not that I even think that they're the worst team, but I was putting these together and I couldn't pick a worse team, and I struggled to just change from what's been the norm for the past couple of years. So I'm going seven Michigan State, six Penn State. I really think they're just gonna, despite scoring scoring buckets of goals, their their goaltending is just not gonna be able to hold up. Um, and then I'm going five Minnesota, four Michigan, three Wisconsin, big gap, two Notre Dame, one Ohio State. Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting little uh, spot there, but I, I'm probably not going to be in a huge disagreement with most of uh, most of what you said. I mean, just looking at how the conference kind of finished out, uh, you know, last year, you had. Ohio State win the league by four points. Then a little bit of a cluster of two through two and three at 25 and 24. And then from fourth to last, it was 21, 20, 20, 20. So uh, okay. pretty tight at the bottom of the standing. So uh, for seventh place, I'm actually going to go with Penn State. Uh, I just, I can't, you know, I think they're going to be a, a high scoring team once again, um, just like they always are. But I think this is the year that the goaltending finally bites them. Uh, and makes them inconsistent enough to to where they do finish last. Um, in sixth, man, that's a tough spot. I, I would probably say uh, this is probably where MSU, I will see them go um, just a year early. They have a really good class coming in again next year, and that's where you start to build, build good class on good class. Uh, but it just feels like it's a little bit early um, for them to make that big move up the standing. So sixth feels appropriate uh, as we sit right now. Uh, fifth, I'll go with Minnesota. Yeah, I'll go with Minnesota in that spot. I just don't trust their goaltending either. Um, not a, you know, I, I just don't know if uh, their freshmen are going to take off and they, they're being a little inconsistent. Uh, fourth, I'm going to put Michigan. I really wanted to slide them into third, um, but I just couldn't do it based off of, uh, you know, 
of not enough depth scoring and not enough consistent goaltending to really make them anywhere beyond fourth. Uh, pretty big gap. And then I would put, uh, I'm actually going to go with Notre Dame in third. Um, they're they're going to have the low scoring games, but there's too many offensive talented teams uh, for them to make that work on enough nights. Uh, and then less of a gap to Wisconsin and Ohio State uh, for 2-1. Uh, I do think those freshmen are going to adjust to the Big Ten just fine. Uh, I think Wisconsin just takes off with those kids, um, and they uh, they definitely nip on the heels of Ohio State all season. Yeah, and uh, I, and yeah, see, I think we only had two things switched with uh, Penn State and Michigan State, and then Wisconsin and Notre Dame. I will say that when I said big gap, it, the big gap is in terms of this conference it's literally just four to six points um for those of you who may be using this podcast to kind of get an intro and give it a try for reference last year michigan went into the final weekend of the regular season with two games to play and i was looking at results and pulling for them to finish second in the conference out of seven teams Everything went the bad way, and they finished sixth. That is how much variability was in this chaotic conference. You know, you you go into the last weekend, and you can finish anywhere between second and sixth. Um, so hopefully, we get another year like this. And uh, I got to tell you, this doing this show just got me even more jacked up. Jacked up for this. I'm ready. Yeah, it's going to be a great season. I think in the Big Ten. I think. Uh, you know, it, it's probably one of the most entertaining leagues to watch all the time. Uh, so yeah, you know, once, uh, once football season's over, if you're new to the college hockey scene, it's kind of tough to get, uh, many games on, uh, your standard, like television during football season. Uh, but once football season's over, you know, Friday nights, most of the time, you don't have a college basketball game going on. Uh, you know, check out some college hockey. Uh, you know, we'll definitely be covering it all year. Uh, we'd love to, uh, to get some new fans into the game a little bit. And uh, we don't bite. We'll help you. We'll be nice. We're going to help you uh, adjust to the sport, and we can answer all your questions, and we'll do some, like, take mailbag type things. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great uh, great season again for the Big Ten. I think probably the, the first year that I'm really looking forward to Big Ten hockey. Uh, I've kind of come around on it, and it's, I think with all these freshmen, it's going to be a really exciting season. Yep, and uh, with that, we are going to sign off, and uh, we will see you obviously next week. We are going to do our normal episodes, but we're going to have a little bit of a series, weekend series preview for uh, Michigan State series against Northern Michigan and Michigan series against Clarkson. So uh, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you later on.